Hey, Foos, Josie here. Happy Mother's Day, man. Hope everybody had a good Mother's Day weekend. Uh, today, we're going to be doing something a little different. We're going to be replaying my appearance on Poppet's Corner. We just had Tanner Poppet on the podcast a few episodes ago. And when I was on his podcast, we talk about FUBAR show origins, how everything kind of came to be, my story with my band, the Fallen Electric, and a bunch of cool stuff like that. So, uh, you know, if you're a fan of the show, I think it should make for an interesting episode. Do us a solid and give him a like, give him some comments on, uh, you know, your your boy Josie's appearance on his particular episode. He has it up on any podcast. He has an Instagram, Poppet's Corner Man. Just go look him up, show him some love on our behalf. Tell him we sent you. So everybody enjoy this episode of my appearance on Poppet's Corner. Here we go. Hey, this is Andre Hartunian from Hexton and you're experiencing Poppet's Corner. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Poppet's Corner. I am super excited to be bringing on somebody local here, and I love doing the in-person interviews. I haven't done one of these in a while. And I want to thank my good buddy, Mr. Joe C. of the Fallen Electric and the FUBAR Show for coming on and hanging. Joe, how you doing, man? Thanks for giving me a few minutes of your time. Oh, doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah fun this is it. fun. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, dude. I, you know, I do a weekly podcast, but it's it's rare that I do somebody else's podcast. And like I was saying earlier, man, I, I I don't think I've ever been this sober doing a podcast in a long time. There's always there's always beers and and uh, you know that kind of uh, smell smelly smelly things happening in the background. Uh, well, you, <laughs> do you prefer to to go into an interview? Let's just say like an interview interview. Because mm. I don't know, I'm not particularly familiar with everything the FUBAR show does. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been on it. Thank you very much again for having me. It's been a while. You need yeah, to be back. Yeah, yeah I yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. But do you like to go into your interviews on, on your said guests sober? Or do you like, cause, or do you like going in with like a little bit of like a little bit more more leniency as i'll call them with the beverages i like way you can i like a little leniency only because um it it makes me less uh self-aware of where i'm at and helps me focus on what's in front of me rather than being really in my head i'm a giant nerd as it is anyway so i'm already over prepared with questions and bullet points that i have on my notes on my laptop anyway so if, if, if I veer off into some crazy tangent, at least this is something that'll keep me, you know, in line. So I'm, I, I can relax a little bit. It just helps me relax. <laughs> but that's just me. It's not for everybody. Well, what, what do you think? Where do you think that kind of comes from? And we'll get to, so the, let me explain the basis of the show yeah, real yeah, quick. Of course. So usually what I like to do is I, I like to go through the guest's entire musical career. Mm -hmm. And, um, and with your case, we'll talk about the podcast, of course, sure. it's part yeah. of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, but, but before we get to that stuff, I'm just kind of curious with your, your said interviews and whatnot, what are you kind of looking for? when you're interviewing guys like what is like like kind of like your goal i guess well i always uh and and part of the foobar show and the 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 reason we started doing it or a lot of the meat and potatoes of the podcast itself is a lot of comic book stuff a lot of music sports anything that's in the pop culture that's relevant and um there's nothing like a good origin story talking about comic books, the origin story, that first movie is always the most exciting one, how that person kind of came to be, and kind of that uh, coming of age even. So 
when when I'm interviewing somebody, I, re- I really like to probably you, you share something similar is that you want to get their their entire life story or at least what led you to become this awesome artist or podcaster or whoever it is that I'm interviewing, you know, that origin story. I, it always it's always different for everybody. And uh, it's always very entertaining uh, because it's it's never the same for any for anybody. And even then, you know, if I have somebody on again after we've discussed their origin story, you know, they left something out. And so we'll go into some crazy tangents uh, on that too. So it's uh, it's been a cool ride, man. And and that's uh, that's just kind of how I get by. Now yeah. with with this in in mind, I got to ask you this: where, um. Yeah, but it, you you're always gonna get something different from every person that you interview. Mm. It's always a different story. But from speaking for me personally, I wanted to know if this is the same for you. But I've always found this lineage that we're actually all the same. We just got there in different ways. Of course, yeah. Pretty much. How did we all get to this point? Right. What roads did we take? Kind of thing. Right. But, yeah. But we we all. Um, like for a musician and whatnot, it's it's always, especially in, in I'm just going to preference this, you know, obviously I, I play more extreme metal, heavy mm-hmm. metal band, right? Yeah. But I always, w- with all my, my guests and whatnot, when, when they come on, it's, they just start with a different band to get that led a, mm-hmm. them to this road. Oh, totally. That, so that's like... Everybody the, has that story, right, <laughs> for sure. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and obviously we'll get to yours and, and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, but I'm just it was generally curious, just as a fellow a journalist, as I'll call you, sure. I don't, I, not an interviewer or a podcaster, but a, a journalist mm. such as yourself. You know, I, I'm just generally curious what you're specifically looking for as far as is what you want to to get that guest to how they how you want that guest to be perceived, I guess, by the public. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, I always like to present the the artist or podcaster or whoever's in front of me in the best light possible, um, you know, I'm inviting them on because I think they're awesome or they have something interesting to share with the world. Um, so, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't know, I guess, uh, I guess just being a fan, like I, I, I fangirl a lot, you know, while, while, while they're there. Um, there's been a few bands that have come in that I was just like, dude, I've, it's the first time meeting you, even though I've been a fan for years There's another band. Uh, there's this band that I've followed since like, freshman year in high school you may know them they're called antagonists from whittier california um carlos came and 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 uh the drummer came by and did the podcast one day i was like bro like i it's probably the first time that i've actually had like a full-on conversation with those dudes and they're just the they're they're great guys and uh and i was just fangirling the whole goddamn time but i had my notes in front of me so i didn't you know go too far out um but it was it was fun now, when you're writing the notes, mm. are there just focal points, like where you're not going to write the full question, you just write like a piece of it, so then you a can... A theme. Yeah, a theme. And and then whenever there's an opportunity, because we go into tangents, obviously, and so I was like, oh, cool, well, that kind of dovetailed into this bullet point that I wanted to ask. So, yeah, I, I like to just be prepared with it, because I've been... Uh, when the podcast first started and and we were just winging it, it just didn't. I don't know. Um, the podcast is a real different thing than it was three years ago when we started. So uh, we've grown quite a bit. I'm proud of what we've done, despite the fact that we don't spend tons of cash on it. It's just all about being crafty and 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 just having that. Uh, it's all about discipline, really. Having that discipline to care. And uh, and and trusting your people too, because I have 
I have three co-hosts. Two have been on for the last uh, year and a half pretty regularly because uh, um, the third one, uh, which we call the Foo, he just had a kid, so he's kind of been busy doing that. And you know, uh, no harm done there. We we love him and his family, so we support that. But um, but Josh and Steph, Steph just happens to be my wife, so she's just that's convenient as hell. <laughs> And so, um, so they help out tremendously. I, I, I do the, the, the production and, uh, kind of, I, I, uh, I direct traffic, you know, uh, and, and Josh being a big geek about comic books and sports, I'll, I'll let him kind of do his thing. And I just make fun of him the entire time. Steph chimes in with some zingers too. Uh, and it, it just makes for a good time. And, you know, I think that, the fact that when we're doing the podcast, our guard is down. So we take jabs at each other. It just creates some good comedy and, uh, and some good some good talk. Now, can I just ask you this yeah. and just start with the podcast? Because sure. I, I, obviously, I'm so used to doing musical talk mm -hmm. that I never get the opportunity to talk about a podcast. Sure. So I'm, I'm just generally curious... Why start the FUBAR show and what time period are we talking about? Holy shit. Okay, so uh, we're in uh, season four right now. Um, so this would have been, yeah, about four years ago, give or take. It'll be, it'll be almost five, I think, uh, in May. So anyway, back then, uh, we all lived together. Well, we, we, we call ourselves the Foos. And the reason for that, so I'll go back. I'm going to go way back. Uh, when I was in uh, when I when I was in college, uh, I met I met the Fu. Uh, I don't know if he wants me to use his name, but we call him the Fu on the show. Uh, he we we used to work at Best Buy, and we became really really good friends. We're each other's best man man for you know each other's weddings. So that, that's how that's how tight we are. Uh, but anyway, back then uh, we would just always just kind of clown on each other and just take jabs, just ruthless freaking just making fun of each other hilarious a few years go by uh out of college we all we all have our jobs and then we all uh lease a house in west covina and which is where you've been and so from there we started to just uh invite people over and we got a few comments saying you know if you guys just recorded what you guys were saying it would make for some entertaining content and so i don't know like maybe a year went by after a couple people were saying stuff like that to us and then um we went to uh we went to a trip in uh uh joshua tree and we dur during like a shroom session i was just up looking at the at the stars and the guys will tell you out of nowhere i'm like you know what guys i'm gonna do it i'm gonna start a podcast <laughs> and they're like what like yeah man start a podcast and then uh, for my birthday uh, the foo got me a couple of uh, cheap little microphones as is at kind of saying you know we should probably we should probably consider doing this and i said okay well and i had a musical background i know a little bit about audio and audio production i was like oh let me just get a mixer let's see what we can do and so we did it and uh you know it was off to a bumpy start it wasn't perfect but i just like step one is just do it just start doing it that's really what it's about for everybody listening you know if you're hesitant about it because it's not going to be perfect it's not it's not going to be perfect you just got to start doing it and you learn and grow from there youtube is your friend for like all these instructional videos and stuff like that uh just have an open mind be a big nerd you know take notes learn absorb and and you're gonna get better surround yourself with awesome people 
Now, let, let me go back to when you and, and the Foo met. I'm sure he has a first name. I'm sure he wouldn't mind us using his f- actual first name. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can tell us who, who at least the first name. Brandon. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you and I'm just kind of curious, the bond between you and Brandon, mm-hmm. what, do you, what do you think, why do you think you guys like bonded so well and just have stuck together so well since, since the college days? Were you fans of like, I don't know, comics and that's how you you bonded together or, or books or you know interestingly not I, I, at least speaking personally I've, I've never I've always appreciated comics and and that art form but I never really owned a like a bookshelves of comics my wife does his cousin Josh who's the other host on the show they do they really bring that to the show uh, what him and I are really good at is taking what I don't know just Expanding on a conversation, taking it into a crazy tangent, and or or and or just poke fun of it, P- poke fun, you know, relentlessly. Um, I've always been fascinated by improv, improv comedy. Um, uh, one of my favorite comedians is Adam Carolla, and so he's he's one of the best to think like on his feet. Um, on you know, amongst other comedians that I really appreciate too, that use those tools that you learn from improv. It's all about yes and not only that, but if if you bring a conversation to a screeching halt, that's the end of the conversation and you don't have any substance. So just those simple tools that we kind of share amongst each other and 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 knowing when to speak up and say, hey man, you kind of suck there, you know, just being brutally honest with each other and knowing what to say to get the person to react and and just get better as as a presenter. I'm I'm let me go back to a, another point that you had mentioned yeah. where, you know, just, just do it, right? You just do right. the podcast. I, I think a lot of people are hesitant about doing stuff just in general out of based off fear and mm-hmm. based off not being comfortable with, just, with themselves and not kind of, and knowing who, who they are, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So like, no, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid exactly. to have the public scrutinize you because guess what? That's what it's going to happen. So as long as you know who you are mm-hmm. and you're comfortable with yourself, again, just go do it. Right? And you know, when, when we mess up and we do something, we're just like, it shouldn't have gone that way. It It's pretty funny anyway. And if, if you just learn how to laugh at it, it's, it's nobody's going to care. <laughs> Nobody cares. Do you think that that's based solely on the world we live in today where people want real honest, just dialogue and conversations, right? And Could not be. not poli- not for political reasons, no, always, no. but it, everything out there just seems so fake in general. Yeah, so yeah. the podcasting realm, world, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, has generally risen in popularity because of that. Because it's the wild reason. west. Yeah, it's it's free. Yes, yeah. it's. it's uh, you do what you want, pretty much. Right, and yeah. everybody. Ha- but it seems like everybody has their own personality, and even just how they they ask the questions how mm-hmm. they um i don't know what the word i'm looking for is but how they kind of articulate mm-hmm. themselves and you have a very different approach than what i when i do obviously mm-hmm. so as a guest how are you like separating yourself from being the interviewer to being the guest that's always a, a hard conflict for me just, I, I get so it. To being I kind of want to interview you right now, like, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is it is a, a fine line. It's all about just knowing 
at this point, I just want to respect. <laughs> I don't want to step on any toes, but yeah, you, you'll probably get a few questions for me throughout this, this interview. But um, I don't know, man. It's just, it, it, I guess don't, don't take yourself so seriously is what it comes down to, no matter who you are. Because people are going to see through that. You know, if, if you're somebody who's just like uptight, stick up his ass, and, uh, and just wants everything to be perfect, yeah, it's, it's not going to happen as quickly, at least. Right. Yeah. So after you, you guys kind of like meet each other and whatnot, mm. where does the name Fubar okay. come from? And, so, and why settle on that specific name? Well, it it's it's a it's kind of a long story, but here it goes. So when we worked at Best Buy, there was this there was this guy named Eric, and Eric he looked like this. Uh, he was our age, so he wasn't like an older dude, but he he was like this cholo dude. And at every every sentence, he would address us as "so fool," like "hey fool, fool, fool this, fool that." And he and you know we were friendly with him. Um, he wasn't a bad guy. He was just that's that's just how he talked. But we started like kind of in jest just making fun of him sort of and we do to his face so fool and like that kind of thing so and we did it so much that it just kind of became a part of our vernacular to when we spoke with each other like and and we're just like all right dude this isn't this isn't funny anymore and then we did it even more and more and then it became it came back around to being funny and so it's kind of like an inside joke and that's why we call ourselves the foos you know that kind of thing so and and we're just like, well, we got a, we got it, we got we got the equipment to do a podcast. What's the name of the podcast? So after you know creating this long laundry list of of potential names and just no, no, no. Finally, I'm just like, well, there's Fubar, even though it's spelled F U B A R. Fuck that beyond all recognition. Uh, military term from uh, back in the like World War II era, maybe even before that. Um, but we just played with it. And as a pun, we called it the FUBAR show because we only expected things to go wrong too. That's, so that's another thing. And, and, you know, and always poking fun at the fact that something's not always going to go right. And I haven't edited the audio on our podcast in probably around two, maybe three years. So, and, uh, only because I discovered that it, it's a better podcast when you just let it flow. And if something goes wrong, we address it and we just make fun of it and we're just relentless about it. And uh, it's it's made for a good time. It's it seems like it's more authentic mm. that way. More authentic again, realism. Yeah, right. You want that, especially in 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 your dialogue. Sure. It seems like it's so crucial in a time when things aren't as real as one what we once thought they were. Right. So yeah. Um, moving moving ahead and whatnot. How how did the Fubar show get its like? almost identity at first what did what were some of the topics that you guys wanted to take on when you first started the show obviously it's changed drastically since but i'm talking initially when initially yeah. started what was kind of your goal you just want to talk like about the weather about <laughs> the fucking about cars i mean yeah, what you know, was the general topic I, I guess fundamentally the show has not really changed it's just how our approach to it so it's always been pop culture and, you know, when we started the show, Josh was not a part of the show. And I think uh, I think we uh, and he just so happened to live there with us that at some point he became a guest. We I didn't we didn't discover it, but we started appreciating his uh, his knowledge about like comic books uh, and, and his ability to speak on them with a lot of detail. And so 
and then at a certain point, the foo says, you know what, guys, this probably isn't for me, even though he was one of the founders and arguably, you know, his name is on the freaking title of the show. At a certain point, we, uh, he's like, you know, it's this I'm probably not about this life. So we said, OK, well, hey, um, Josh, y- your bedroom is right there. Would you like to come uh, 10 feet over to the right and uh, be on the show? Because we're you know, I kind of want to keep this going. To me, it's kind of like therapy. You know, I, I get to just uh, let it all out, you know, throughout the week. I'm kind of in a corporate position for work. So I don't, I, I have to really censor myself when it comes to, to let loose from all. Monday to Friday and, until I'm on a stage with my band or I'm doing the podcast. So for me, it's very therapeutic, very kind of cathartic even. Um, so, uh, and then, and then Steph didn't really join the show full time until probably three years ago even still so when it started it was just me and the foo and 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 a friend of mine uh we've uh, unfortunately you know we've uh we've we're not friends anymore his name was david and uh he he was really instrumental in helping me pick out the equipment and that kind of thing so you know uh milling thanks to him despite the fact that we you know we had a falling out but uh but you know the the foundation was very much let's talk about what's going on in pop 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 culture uh the foo was very much uh, a fan of sports i'm like well I, I mean i appreciate sports people people don't think that i know a lot about sports i know more than people think i know about sports i can speak uh and if i can i'll make fun of it and so which makes for some entertainment uh but you know that's it, it, it again it's just one of those things where we didn't know what we were gonna do let's talk about what's happening in in, in pop culture with comic books, uh, a new TV show that we're really interested in, um, maybe video games. We were messing around with all kinds of segments, but apart, you know, it was still in that realm of pop culture. And me just ha- being a fan of all kinds of music, um, would we've always had that music highlight segment in there too. And we've messed around with all kinds of other segments, but that's really the core of the whole thing. It's just what's happening. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, did you start to notice more podcasts around this area pop up, or were you guys one of the only ones kind of doing it that you, that to your knowledge, mm-hmm. like when did you start to figure out that there are other podcasts happening around the, this specific area? Yeah. Um, I mean, you, know, you obviously want to network with other people to see what they're doing, how they're doing it, what equipment they're using, just so you can kind of maybe try to incorporate the best practices into your own podcast. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was noticing quite a, quite a few other podcasts pop up. Um, thing is, you know, we've outlasted them, you know, they, they'll probably do. And we, you know, and I'm, I, I left this part out. We were doing the podcast maybe two or three times a week, a week. Well, that's, and, it was, hold on, not to cut you off, but it, that's convenient for you because you, we live, the, in the same house. you live in yeah. the same house. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, I get that. So, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it, you know, that it was, uh, I think we would have still done it though, at least maybe twice a week, just because we were that, we were that close with each other back then. Not, not saying we're not anymore, but we don't, we, we we all live in different cities now that are significantly further away than, than, than us living in the same freaking house. But, uh, but yeah, that, that, that's a good point. But, uh, when exploring other podcasts, they were, uh, and not to put any of them down because they were all pretty cool, but you know, we, Ours was segmented because I was, I grew up listening to Adam Carolla and his Adam Carolla show when he was on uh, KLSX, which no longer exists on the radio. 
um, the Kevin and Bean show, which was on K Rock for all those years. Uh, Mark and Brian, you know, those kinds of like I don't want to call them a, a morning zoo because those exist. Uh, you know, where it's just chaos happening for you know from six to ten every every weekday, but um, there was actual substance and it was genuinely funny. So me being a fan of that kind of structure and segmented program, uh, I, I found that it, it when you segment it and kind of compartmentalize it, you can cut it up into clips a lot easier that way. You can promote it a little bit easier. I found it to be a little bit more digestible because that's kind of what I knew too. So. That's why we did it the way we did, um, and and not again, not to put anybody down, and because I'm, I, I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way. But those other podcasts that we were that we became friendly with, they were they were just one topic. Like for example, we had a a, a friendly podcast. They've been on the show for a couple times. That particular podcast no longer exists, but they're called the um, ah shit. What were they called? Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll, it'll come to me. Uh, but they would talk about movies they would pick a movie every week uh a movie that perhaps wasn't as appreciated uh, and for example like uh, the first uh, the phantom menace star wars the phantom menace i guess you know when it came out it wasn't received very well but they found good things to talk about like they they they're like no you know jar jar binks be damned every everything else in this movie was pretty cool the pod racing you know all that cool stuff it brought back Star Wars back in 1999. And so they would hype something up. Um, damn, what was it called? <laughs> they still do something similar to that, but it's not um, the, some, the, the something ones. Uh, Josh is going to kill me. But, uh, but they're, they're awesome guys. But anyway, what I was getting at is that they would just do talk about one thing. And I was just like, well, I don't want to just talk about one thing. I don't want to just talk about, you know, this uh, uh, this band that just came out. I want to talk about this and that and that. And it would make for like maybe three hour podcast. It would rival a fucking Joe Rogan episode, you know, that would be three or four hours. Uh, but uh, but it allowed me to cut it up because it was segmented. So we would be able to put out maybe two or three episodes per week. And you guys never did this live live, right? It was all pre-recorded. It wasn't like... For the most part, I would I can count with my hands how many times we've done it live. It, has, it wasn't even that many, that many times. We're up to episode 261 coming up this weekend. Um, and we got to we, we got there rather quickly in the first year or two because we were doing more than one a week. Now it's 52 episodes a year because it's once a week, give or take. Uh, so, so yeah, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been an interesting ride and it's still, obviously you're still obviously going with it and, yeah. and still, yeah. I mean, is there, are there, are there any new ground? Is there any new ground that you guys want to cover that maybe you haven't in the, the last what, five years since it's been around? We always, we've, I don't, we've never lost the spirit of us just messing around with, let's talk about, let's talk about something else, or this can be a new segment. For example, like we've, we had uh, for a, for an entire year, we had uh, the spiciest foods of all time, which is we, we would get like, I don't know if you've ever had that one chip challenge. Have you heard of it? Uh, yeah. And I don't want to tell <laughs> It's like, it's like when I watch the hot ones podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the food buys these chips <laughs> It's a chip, and it's one chip, and we uh, we all we eat it. And uh, dude, I was doubled over. My uh, Steph was worried she was gonna have to take me to the ER. It was painful. And you know, what, one thing, if anybody's gonna try anything like this, I just suggest don't throw up 
because you're reintroducing that spice bag in your esophagus <laughs> and it's just the worst. I mean, you just, you, you want it only going one way. You just want to go one way because it's a bad time. You're going to have a bad time anyway. So that was a segment that we did for a while. We did foo facts where it's just like random facts that we, it's like, and we would take turns. Uh, I don't know, like how just stupid facts that we would do. It sounds like one of those books you put in the bathroom and read. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Um, other seg- like uh, the foo, he's a, he's a huge Godzilla fan. So he would do Podzilla. That was a segment that, and I think we're going to revive that this weekend. Uh, we went all the way from the, the first ever uh, Godzilla movie, which I think was made in the fifties, thirties. That sounds right. Japan. Uh, and then we, we did it all the way one by one in order of chronological order uh, of release all the way to um, the early 80s. And I think we're going to pick up this weekend. <laughs> well, if you want to go even further than mm-hmm. that, keep without King Kong, there is no Godzilla. Yeah. I mean, that's literally oh, yeah. what Godzilla was derived mm-hmm. from was King Kong. So. Yeah. Anyway, it was supposed to look like an ape. Right. Yeah. Not yeah. a lizard. Yeah. 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 It, is, it is what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's interesting that you say Godzilla because they... I kind of wish there were there were more Godzilla stuff out there as mm-hmm. far as movies go. Yeah, you know, because at a time that was really prevalent, so everything was Godzilla in like the fifties, sixties, mm-hmm. and from Toho. Right. So it, that's obviously kind of died down a little bit. Well, we're getting we're getting a new series Thank coming goodness. out. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there's another like anime series that came out not too long ago. Um, Japan, I think, has been hanging on to it pretty well, and they they do things really well over there. Anyway, um, it's just a matter of you know, making we just peop, more people need to love Godzilla. God damn it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that way we don't get a Godzilla with Matthew Broderick or anything. Uh, we don't no, talk about right, that right, one. Okay. We skip that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, moving, moving forward and whatnot with, with the FUBAR show. So you have, you have your, uh, your hosts, as mm-hmm. I call them, you know, your fir- who were some of your first guests that you had on and, and how did you approach, just even getting the guests on did you tell yeah. them like hey we're going to talk about this or just hey do you want to just come on and 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 just hang with us well let me ask you uh tanner <laughs> do you remember because you were one of the first guests in that first year what was your experience because i mean uh back then we would just contact people via like instagram or, or facebook and say hey I, I checked you out i really like your stuff i think me and you had a uh uh, we were friendly with Nelson, Metalhead Nelson. He told me to hit you up, and I think that's how it went down. No, 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 no. So I, I think how we um, found each other. Mm-hmm. So Nelson had said, "Hey, I have a podcast. I'm going on this podcast." Okay. So I watched Nelson and you do the podcast together. I can't remember what the topic was. Mm-hmm. I can't remember any of that. Yeah. But I remember. I just remember. Wow, this is really professional. I need to incorporate some of this in, into my show that mm-hmm. I do because I had just started. Oh, right. I just started Poppet's Corner and whatnot, and wanted to. I don't know, give because I'm a music nerd. That's mm-hmm. I just love music, right? Especially heavy metal and whatnot. Yeah. So I was like, how am I gonna be professional at this, but still be unprofessional at the same time? Sure, yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So meaning, like, because I'm not, I don't take myself that seriously uh-huh. and whatnot. So I was like, their audio is stellar. How are they getting this audio? Because I was using a phone at the time. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. I was <laughs> almost. I'm like, how? How did I? So I, I randomly hit you up and said, "Hey, really digging your podcast. I love the audio mm-hmm. of this. How are you getting? How are you doing this? Because I'm using my phone and I can't get the audio from my board into my phone. Right. How? Are, and I think you had said, "Oh yeah, you can use um, 
guitar eye rig or something so i use the eye oh rig. right yeah that's right uh be, for for the video component Correct. so that the video component can have the clear audio to it yeah we we've uh the eye rig too is what you can uh, you can you can go out of your board into your phone and, and with that lightning jack if you have an iPhone. Uh, so uh, anybody out there who's wondering, that's how you do it. <laughs> so at the time, I had no idea mm. how to do this. So mm -hmm. I was I'm still very thankful to you, by the way. Just yeah. just know that. Um, so that's how we that's right. reconnected that way. And I was like, and you're like, well, why don't you come on the show and see how it works? And I'm like, I would love to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> so, yeah. I was a bit taken back. I, I, I was honored, uh, and I still am, obviously. Yeah. But at that time, I was wet behind the ears. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing because <laughs> I was doing mostly audio stuff, and I yeah. wanted to get into the video at, uh, world, but I didn't know how to. Right. Not a lot of my friends were doing podcasts. I didn't know where to turn. So mm. when I found your show, I was like, this is awesome. How can I apply their that audio into and obviously remain friends with them at the same time, mm. but apply that into what I'm doing and make my show better, just like right. how they're doing their show just as great. So props to you guys, obviously. For yeah. That. And you know, uh, it, I, and honestly, I have nothing to hide. You know, if somebody asks me, I'm going to tell them exactly how I do it. And that's, I think that's how you build the relationship. But at that time, there weren't people that wanted to discuss that. There were people that is almost a competition factor. Yeah. I could that's not how you build a culture and uh, and a, you know a like community. a community right. you know it's all about sharing ideas and and how to do stuff and it, it's i don't know um i think that the the more we build that kind of community the better quality everybody's gonna have and we don't have to compete it, well there's be no way we can compete with there papa's corner will never compete with the food bar yeah. show and the food bar show will never compete with papa's corner because we're on separate islands right i'm right, doing right. my own thing you're doing your own thing your topics are different from my topics. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing, and it's a completely different format mm -hmm. with the long form discussion that we're doing. Your show is, is it's almost like a TV show. That's what I got from going into that place. Cause I was like, wow, this is really fresh. You got an intro. You got <laughs> other audio that's coming through right. the board. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on mm -hmm. here through the headphones. And I'm like, and dude, like if, if, if I were to show you again, what it, it's still as elementary as it was back then, you know, I'm just using QuickTime on my Mac. I'm using GarageBand to capture the sound. And, you know, I, I talk to other podcasters on some forum online, like on Facebook or something. And, you know, they get a little, they get a little uppity about, you know, the, the kind of software. It's just like, no, nah, dude, it's just, just capture the audio and press it a little bit. If there's some levels that are out, you're fine. And, you know, as long as you're running everything forward, the the computer itself being one of them if you have a bunch of drops just press play on the drop and it'll run through and it'll record it it's not a big deal i think people overthink it yeah i, I think so too but also people i i wasn't confident that's the thing too you guys mm -hmm. gave me some confidence when it came to the sound mm -hmm. and being almost well they're doing it this way i could do it just like that yeah. and then work and then build upon it and then maybe i one day i can teach them a, a little bit and they mm -hmm. can teach me so it's always this ebb and flow of, of information mm -hmm. and it's so valuable um i guess i can speak for both of us to both of us right <laughs> information is very valuable especially in the podcasting so again thank mm -hmm. you for that in advance but yeah that's how i remember going on the foobar show was these guys are really professional <laughs> they put my show to shame as far as again because i wasn't do i i wasn't doing what i'm doing now then i uh -huh. was merely uploading 
I was trying to capture and document a, a, a community out here specifically mm-hmm. when at, at a time when nobody was doing that. And there's still not a lot of people doing yeah. it out here. Yeah. So what you have is it, since I'm like, I have all these these killer musicians and killer people such as yourselves. It's easy for me to bring you guys on the show and talk to you yeah. about your guys' stories and whatnot because nobody else is doing it out right. there. And I think we're a specific breed of cat too. I, I, maybe back in the day, it was the guy who would follow, uh, I don't know, a community of bands or a genre and would make a zine out of it. You know that that per- I don't see that guy anymore. I think that guy is now your your podcaster. You and me, maybe. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, yeah, I get it. Well, and obviously, too, you know, with this in mind, uh, it was just invaluable. It was just, that information was just invaluable to me. So, again, that's w- what I got from the Fubar show. So, if we can, let's start from uh, your specific musical journey. Mm-hmm. I want to get into the, the Fallen Electric and kind of oh, sure. yeah. the essence of that. So, when was the first? When was your first recollections of just kind of hearing music for the first time? And what was the band that you uh, that got you into music? Well, um, as, as a small child, I was I've been an only child my whole life. So, and and on top of that, I've been pretty sheltered. Uh, we've never been destitute or anything like that. Well, I've always had a I've always had a a, a a roof over my head and that kind of thing. But but my parents were very frugal. So uh, there wasn't a whole lot, you know, people tell me all the time, oh, you were only child, you must have been spoiled. Nah, nah, I didn't have much to work with. Um, you know, and then couple that with uh, with having parents that were incredibly cheap, that, <laughs> that probably didn't help out at, at all either. But anyway, but they love their music, uh, immigrants, so they, they love their, 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 their instrumental uh, uh, Mexican music. So growing up on all that, that's really all I knew until like maybe age 10 when my older cousins that were their generation Xers. So they were listening to what was coming out in those, in that nineties period. So I was, I was getting hit in the face every time I'd go to a family function. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe I'd go play super Nintendo with my cousins were significantly older than I, um, they would always say too. He's like, "You're an old soul, man." It's like we know you. <laughs> I'm a little kid, and they're like in their they're in, they're in high school, but I can hang. Um, they've they were just hitting me in the face with like Pearl Jam, Santana, ACDC, you know, things that that were huge uh, for a Generation Xer. And so, um, so that I was I was absorbing all of that. I already had an appreciation for music. Um, in in elementary school, I was. I was always first chair in whatever instrument I picked up, saxophone, clarinet, flute, um, and their variations like like baritone sax or even tenor sax, alto sax, all that. I've always been really good with with music, with patterns, kind of recognizing that kind of stuff. So um, when when I started hearing, you know, what could be done with an electric guitar, I was like, this world exists. I can like it. And then the lyrics that they were singing is so well crafted. So uh, again, uh, I guess my first exposure was that '90s grunge alternative, and I, I never stopped loving it. I still bump that to to this day, and that's been my my number one love, music love. Um, but there was a lot of other types of genres that led, you know, that were more traditional because of my parents, and so. Uh, and I've been fortunate that they didn't poo-poo it either. You know, uh, I, I saved up to buy my my guitars and all that stuff. So it's it's always been me kind of like just earning my way up into it. So anyway, 
uh, after, I don't know, this, this must've been like maybe so a freshman, sophomore year in, in, in high school, I, I got my first guitar. It's like one of those cheap $120 Fender Squires that you get at Guitar Center, those starter packs. And so I locked myself in my room one summer. I think it was a summer going into freshman year in high school. And I said, I'm going to learn about 40 songs or at least as many as I can. And I'm not saying they were difficult songs, but it helped me, you know, know what a power chord was, an open chord, those kind of fundamentals with that. And lucky for me that that the internet existed and tabs were a thing on the internet. So that's how I taught myself. I didn't, you know, how to, how to, uh, how to play guitar. By the end of summer, I, my fingers were calloused and the whole thing was happening, you know? Uh, and I've, I've always been known to carry a tune at least decently i've gotten a lot better throughout the years and so at that time i was uh i, I joined a band with my with my buddies in high school we called ourselves hamahoy and hamahoy for those who aren't familiar is a brand of pork rinds uh on the simpsons <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> very obscure reference you can only really see that reference once in the episode of the simpsons where homer gets fat to go on disability and when he's picking out things in the supermarket, one of the things he reaches for is this thing of pork rinds and it's Hamahoy with a... But anyway, because we were big nerds, that, that was the name of the freaking band. Um, of course, you know, that didn't, you know, we all went our separate ways eventually. And then my cousins uh, had a band and they said, well, you play guitar now. Can you want to join us? And uh, their last name is Cruz. So they called themselves the Crusaders. So let's go back to yeah with all this information, right? Mm. I, I want to get into the specifics, the yeah, nooks, sure. nooks and crannies of it. So you said you said some of your first instruments were like some obviously big bands, like the clarinet. Mm. Uh, you said you woodwinds, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what gravitated you towards those specific instruments at first, even before picking up the guitar? Um, you know, I I I I landed on the clarinet because it just reminded me so much of the recorder that we all learned when we were in what third grade, <laughs> um, that little kind of fluty thing. Uh, but anyway, uh, one of the other reasons why I gravitated towards the clarinet as my main instrument, even though I was fairly good at those other ones was um, again uh, with my parents, they exposed me a lot to that kind of folk folkloric uh, Mexican music, which is very instrumental. Uh, I know there's different genres in that, you know, with, with Mexican music, but, are you talking cumbia? Cumbia? No, cumbia they or, they uh... they call it they call it banda or conjunto, which means they to both both words mean a band, really. But I mean, it's when when you know what it is, you kind of know what it is. So conjunto is like every possible brass and and you know kind of instrument. No, nobody's singing, but they you know they're they're playing songs as an instrumental, and the clarinet is playing the vocals or what would be the vocals. So I'm just like, oh, well, I, I want to be the vocals in this instrumental. So I picked the clarinet. Interesting. Well, yeah. I would think, obviously, and, um, you know, every ever since I've heard uh, Mexican music, as I'll call it, mm -hmm. I call it cumbia, cumbia, or uh, from what I've learned on this podcast, I think that's, uh, that's, a, one, that's a genre, a genre yeah. of that. I, I was always fixated on the uh, the accordion because that's very prominent uh, in that specific uh, field. Uh, Norteña yes. is what that, yeah. So that's that's more from the northern, uh, uh, that's, that's northern Mexico. That's the one that everybody hears when they're blasting. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> it's And that because we're so close to the northern border of there, of them, so we get that a lot. But there's other, you know, mariachi comes from like, uh, Guadalajara and there's other shit going on you know throughout the whole country just like we have a bunch of shit happening here in the US and 
Uh, other countries have their thing going on. But, um, you know, if it wasn't for the Germans, to, uh, you know, landing in Mexico, they wouldn't have the sousaphone. They wouldn't have that kind of umpapa kind of flavor to them. So thank the Germans for that. <laughs> See, and I, I have always loved that stuff. Mm -hmm. I love music just for music. Yeah, you know, for music sake. Whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever uh, I'm feeling, that's usually what the kind mm -hmm. of music I'm listening to is, right? right? Uh, now, it, it's kind of funny that you were exposed to so much music at a time when you were almost like a sponge, it, yeah. it, especially preteen, you know, mm -hmm. your mind's just developing. So if you're hearing all this different kinds of flavors and different kinds of music and, mm -hmm. and whatnot, that really develops your palate as far as an appreciation for music in general mm -hmm. and, and can you, I, I always say you can appreciate life more because you, you're more developed to appreciate different kinds of things. Yeah. So in saying that, applying it to all these different kinds of instruments, you probably had a more appreciation for them than say somebody that wasn't exposed to certain kinds of music mm -hmm. at a young age. Would yeah. that be fair to say? I think so. I think so. I think I, well, I always kind of looked at it with a very open mind too. So kind of taking little influences from the many things that I've been exposed to really helped kind of just broaden those horizons and, and expand on them. So when I joined my cousins and they were starting to write or toying with the idea of writing original music, it was, uh, by no means was it good, trust me, but it was, uh, it was something, again, you know, you just got to start doing it. And, you know, you grow from there and you take some elements from the, from the scene that's happening at that time, which was the early 2000s. And uh, and the the stuff that you've been exposed to up until then, so it's it's it, yeah that that I grew tremendously in that band we they because I'm not a cruise like my last name isn't cruise uh, we changed our name to the bar show and can you imagine four sixteen one seventeen year old uh, ha just playing every weekend at a bar where everybody's at least twenty one years. Well, that was that that happened at a specific mm -hmm. time, which I it should have all it should always be that time mm -hmm. that that should never go away, right? Yeah. Where, um, but I want to go to this point. Where what part of the states are you from? Are you are, are we talking about here? Oh, uh, born and raised in LA County. Okay, so yeah. we're talking LA County. So, did you start to notice a, a more developed community of of bands when you were you guys were playing and what was the the first band you you uh mentioned with hamahoy yeah yeah well you know um being in high school and and having you know just hanging out at the quad at lunch you know i wasn't the only i wasn't the only kid with a with a guitar you know just just playing what and we every guy with a guitar we all knew each other we all shared ideas with each other we would jam uh, at the quad maybe even put on a, a mini little show depending if we knew the same song or not but um but yeah we started seeing a, a bunch of like little bands kind of uh spark up there uh, one, one of the one of the bigger scenes that was happening at that time when i was in high school was in whittier it was around that whittier area uh, again going back to uh, being a big fan of antagonist and uh everything that was happening at uh, skateland i think at that time so i was very much into that scene at that time very much into metal at that time even though i had been exposed to plenty of other rock you know types of rock and roll but that was that was what i was gravitating towards then um but meeting and networking with other bands and just you know kind of experiencing their what they were going through because we would maybe put ourselves in a 
time and and uh, when sharing ideas, uh, and that hasn't changed, I don't think. But uh, but yeah, there was quite a bit of bands that were that were sprouting at that time. Was it more of a hardcore kind of metal scene, like a metalcore thing, or was it like it was everything? It was everything. Um, you know, you had your one particular evening at Skateland would have a punk band, a hardcore punk band, a oi band, a metal band, a hardcore band, a uh, a metalcore band. I mean, just different. And I mean, as far as I knew, everybody who was singing on a microphone that that guy, that guy screaming is is his heart out, you know. And it was amazing. It was amazing to be a part of that mosh pit for sure. Did you did you record any demos with Ham Hori or or any of the? I mean, when? they're probably lost by now. Yeah, we uh, on a cassette. Yeah, we probably did. Uh, um, a few, probably a few cassettes out there. That's how we. That's back when cassettes were still a thing, sort of. They were kind of being phased out. But yeah, we 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 pressed record, and kind of put it at the corner so it wouldn't be so so busy and peaking, you know. <laughs> but yeah, th- there's probably a couple of cassettes out there that I, I remember maybe even digitizing one of them. But after so many computers, you know. They're probably in a hard drive somewhere in a garage. Yeah. Oh, hopefully you still have those, you know. Maybe. Uh, but so was this more of a rehearsal demo kind of deal, or uh, I'm um, the one with Hamahoy was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now the one with the bar show, we actually we 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 went into a studio, kind of JV. You know, the the guy, the the producer was also starting out, so he gave us a great deal. So he was, we were kind of some guinea pigs for him too. So uh, I'm not gonna say it sounded great. Uh, not only the the production quality didn't sound great, we just didn't sound great because we were not as experienced, you know. And I think. Uh, as songwriters, we weren't that we hadn't flourished like we have um, recently. So, um, yeah, and I've been in a couple other bands since then, and now I'm in in Fall Electric, and I can talk about those, man. Well, yeah, it's we'll, been a road. we'll we'll get there. Yeah, I yeah. promise you, we'll get there. <laughs> right. Yeah. So let's go to the next chapter. So when you picked up the guitar, who were you trying to emulate at first, and and why the decision to pick up a guitar rather than say a bass? or drums, or, or just the vocalist, yeah, yeah. or, I mean, where does that whole thing come from? What were some of the bands that were... Well, I'm remembering that that particular time, that specific time, I was a huge fan of John Frusciante, Tom Morello, the, I should Blink-182, Green Day, all those punk offspring, you know, all those bands that were huge at that, ten, at that time. Um, some 41. Some 41. But, and then, of course, you know, trying to emulate uh, your Mike McCready's from Pearl Jam and, and uh, Tool was, you know, all those bands that were at the height of their powers in those early 2000s. Um, new Metal was taking over too. So Corn, you know, all that shit that was happening. Um, I, I don't think that I was trying to sound like one person, but maybe a combination of all those cats that were just doing their thing. Um, I was just exposed to so many genres in such a small amount of time. I can't say that I was trying to sound like one person. Now, if you ask somebody else who might be well-versed in those different kinds of genres, and then I played for them, they'd probably say, yeah, dude, you probably grab a lot of influence from Mike McCready, three guys, three main guys, Mike McCready of Pearl Jam, John Frusciante of the Chili Peppers and Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine. That's, that's where my natural songwriting sounds like when it's when when it's all said and done interesting yeah interesting combination isn't it you know? it's weird right? yeah. <laughs> yeah 
Um, yeah, pretty much Lollapalooza. Let's just say Lollapalooza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So after picking up the guitar, you 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 stress that you learned forty or so songs, just give or take, the, yeah, over the course of a summer and mm. and developed your your skills and and whatnot at that specific time. Mm. Now, did you start to notice an influx of musicians around your school, and and that's how your bands got started at first? Or yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a great scene happening at my high school, particularly. Well, I I, I went to Nogales High School, um, uh, the home of the Octo Mom. That's where she went, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's been a, a couple other people that, uh, you know, household names uh, from there. But yeah, um, uh, a lot of bands and, and that's where the whole emo scene was happening. So those bands that were coming out of, of my high school and, and the surrounding high schools in that area uh, were gravitating towards that new genre. And I wouldn't say it's a new genre. That genre has been around since the 80s, but but it was peaking quite a bit in those early 2000 years. And so I... I was kind of going out of my way not to do that. And I don't know if it hurt me or helped me. Honestly, I I, uh, I think it hurt me because I was apprehensive in networking with them when it came from to a musical standpoint. Um, it could have been the circle of friends that I was around where they might have been a little too cool for school for to accept that type of genre. I never hated the genre. In fact, I, I, I enjoy quite a few bands in that genre. In fact, I, I got my ticket to the, uh, what's that, what's that show coming up in, uh, in Vegas in October, uh, the, when we were young show, I got my ticket for that and I'm, I'm excited. Uh, but I think, I think, I think now that I think about it, I might've hurt my networking, uh, uh, abilities when I was in high school because I, I went out of my way to stay away from that scene and that's what was really flourishing. Uh, I don't know. I think it was a, that was a missed opportunity. Uh, you can't go back unless you have a time machine. So, But you know, I, I, I networked with an, an older crowd because me and my cousins and our buddy Richie, uh, who was our drummer there, because we were playing all these bars, we were playing with those Gen Xers that were out there doing that thing. And, um, and so, I, I mean, there was no love lost there. Uh, we, we, we stayed busy. It was just not the network that was age appropriate, I guess. You know what I mean? But, uh, but I think I still grew from the experience either way. Well, we, absolutely. Everything works out for a reason. Obviously, mm -hmm. you, um, you, you made friends with people and jammed with people yeah. and had bands. So obviously it didn't hurt right. that much as much as you think. Mm -hmm. uh, now, did you start to develop a, uh, an influx of, of support from your peers at that time or more? Did people start to care about your said bands in high school or? Yeah. Did yeah. You make I, any sort of impact or? Actually, yeah. Our, um, my buddy, Richie, who was the drummer of, of the bar show, um, his, his family was always awesome. His mom in particular, we, uh, they had a house there in, 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 I think it's West Covina. And we would throw parties, like backyard parties, and we would headline. We'd have other bands come and join us that were in our high school. Of course, they played that that post-hardcore emo stuff. Uh, we didn't. We, 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 we wrote more of that grungy alternative 90s kind of style. Uh, I've always gravitated towards that because that's what I grew up with. But... Uh, but we threw some gnarly parties, dude. Like it was crazy. And we're talking, you know, these, we were all a bunch of high school kids 
throwing parties that would rival a lot of like 20 year old 30 year old people having parties and we'd invite anybody who was willing to come it was free bring a bring a case of beer and 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 a good attitude and we'd have an awesome time those uh, i think uh those parties were legendary. Those are pretty legendary. And uh, we had, um, while we didn't have a following, I, I wouldn't say, or maybe, maybe we did, but who knows? I mean, it's, we never had any, we never really played a whole lot of shows that required us to sell tickets. Maybe a couple of times. A lot of these times we were playing for two or three, eight, four hours at a bar. And that's how we made our cash to, to, to put towards recording. Now, were you playing a, a lot more cover songs around this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot of them were covers and, uh, and, but we would sprinkle in our, our originals that we would write to throughout that. We, I still do that in this current band, which we'll get to, I'm sure. But, um, you know, my, I, I just, I think that that's, it helped me kind of flex that muscle of different genres when we were playing. So we would incorporate that when we would headline these backyard shows and, you know, having people sing along to, to a cover that everybody knew and then play a song and then find out that they knew the words to our songs was an incredible, uh, an incredible thing to witness. Uh, and, and just, you know, going through the, those years in high school where you're incredibly awkward you know, you don't know, you don't know what to do with, with your hands. Sometimes my hair was in my face at the time. You know, it's just going through that acne phase. <laughs> it was just crazy. Uh, but uh, but yeah, we had some good people who would join us in those parties, and uh, and they still talk about it. They're like, "When's the bar show getting back together?" I was like, "That's not up to me, man. That's, that's up to those guys." <laughs> now, even playing your first show, what did that specific moment teach you? as a as a human being around mm -hmm. that specific time because you learn a lot about yourself i would say as a performer mm -hmm. um when you're playing those first shows and being all nervous to get up on yeah. that stage and just like am i ready for this i remember just, the car ride yeah <laughs> i remember the car ride to the, one of those first shows i think it was in corona we played a backyard show um i think it was for like so uh, it, i think it was a bachelor party we they, it was a backyard bachelor party. We weren't the only band there, but I remember my leg was shaking on the van drive there, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, it's 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 happening. It's getting real," you know. And there was like, ah, it was at least at least fifty people at that house that day, and so we, um, yeah, we get there and 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 I get in front of everybody. We we start doing the show and. I start realizing for good and bad reasons, nobody cares. Nobody cares for bad reason, because I'm trying to freaking put on a show here, pay attention kind of thing. Uh, and good reasons. Like if I make a mistake, nobody cares. <laughs> well, it's, it's a lot of that is I'm trying to express myself, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, Again, I think playing music for me is a more of a selfish reason because I like to. That's mm -hmm. how I express myself and yeah. whatnot. For you, what was your motivation to wanting to play music? I've always liked to entertain. Um, so, I guess while I I want to do it for me for my own personal growth and enjoyment, I always want to make sure that somebody's having a good time. you know, watching me do it. Uh, so I think that's where a lot of the preoccupation was coming from of like, are people going to enjoy this? Um, I've always been a, a big, a big, it's always been huge for me to, to try to put on the best show possible. Um, and, and throughout the years, you know, I learned how to move around your stance has a lot to do with it. You're, 
you know, posture, that kind of thing. Um, and that, that it's, it's night and day. If, if anybody took a VHS of that night, I'm not that guy anymore. That's for sure. But I've, you know, you kind of have to fail to, to learn. Uh, but you know, we, we failed quite a bit, you know, just like the podcast, you know, you, you have a lot of shitty shows before you, you actually say, Hey, that was a good one. That one's for the books. Do you think you apply that same mentality to starting the podcast as well? Oh yeah. Or and I think that's why. Okay. And I think that's why, uh, I, I like to entertain. I like, I, I listen, I, you know, while I, I could be pretty brutal when I take jabs at my buddies, um, I, I, I would, I would hate to know that I hurt somebody's feelings, you know? So there's always this comfort level when I do the podcast and there's always some kind of maybe apprehension when I have a guest on It's like, well, I, I'm going to see how far I can go without crossing a line kind of thing. Uh, because at the end of the day, I, I don't want to piss anybody off. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Uh, that would be the last thing I want to do. Well, that's not, that's not your, 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 uh, your set agenda or anything. Yeah. You're, you're just trying to have fun, which is mm -hmm. obviously that everybody should just try and have fun. Right. Fun. right. Um, now let's, uh, let's move back into your specific um, musical journey here and i'm kind of curious when the next transition happened for you after um after i guess your high school days mm -hmm. and did you trans what what were some of the styles of music you played after this um a lot of classic rock like i it's um i don't want to call it regression lack of a better term but it's just i was i was going back in time with the types of music that i wanted to rediscover i guess because I had always been in this bubble of the just the 90s and that early 2000s scene that I'd been exposed to because of my my uh, pretty much my, my my high school you know uh, mates. So uh, yeah, there was a lot of that going on. I, after college, I didn't do much musically. Surprisingly, uh, th there was like this period where I said, "Well, I guess I'm going to join the rat race." You know, I'm going to put on a suit and a tie. I'm going to go to work every day. I'm going to see what I can do about getting a, a house as early as possible in my life. And, you know, I've been I've been pretty I've been pretty uh, disciplined to be able to achieve that, that kind of stuff. But am I fulfilled? I don't know, man. Let me let me pick up my guitar again. The gu I, I dusted my guitar off. I, I plugged it in and I'm just like, fuck, I need to just do this. It, it, I knew. I know that it was what was keeping me sane throughout high school and college. And then the fact that I put it down because I, I was joining the rat race after that. Uh, I don't know. I think that's what contributed to a lot of my stress. And, um, and, and, you know, I've always been an introspective guy being in, being an only child um, in, in, in a home where I didn't share the same ideals, beliefs, culture that my parents did. I was always in my head about everything. So, um, and it's funny, you get my, the, the guys on the podcast make fun of me because when I, when I, my internal monologue is in Spanish, <laughs> what I think to myself. So this is my second language. Um, and I, you know, so it's, it's, it's interesting to look at a world throughout, through that lens. But anyway, uh, after not playing for such a long time, I came back uh, to it and, um, I can thank my, uh, an acquaintance that I had in high school. His name's Chris, and he had a band going on called The Hotline. And in The Hotline, um, I, I didn't know the other guys, but he's just like, "Hey, man, you still play guitar?" We found each other on Facebook again. Well, we never lost touch, I don't think. 
but uh, he hits me up and he, and I'm just like, you know, I, I haven't played in a very long time, but I can play. I can still do it. I can sing. I, what do you need me to do? So I, I show up to a couple of his rehearsals and, and uh, they're, they're at this uh, in Covina, there was this rehearsal space there and, and that's what we frequented. And we even frequented uh, one Whittier uh, Santa Fe Springs area there. And so, um, uh, we did that for like a couple of years. I, you know, I was, they, they accepted me in the band almost immediately, but you know, there was always a struggle and you know, it's any musician will tell you, you know, it's, you got to pick the right combination of, of guys to be able to write music to. I mean, you can, you can play covers, you can, you know, the, the song's already written. You just got to copy what they do or maybe even add some kind of flavor to it. But when you're trying to write something, you got to make sure everybody's on the same page. We just weren't on the same page. Uh, as talented as everybody was individually, I don't think that we uh, meshed well. There was, it, it could have been, it could have been a personality thing. But I just found myself, at least personally speaking, I don't want to speak for them, but I, I could not write with them as freely as I used to. And um, I don't know, maybe, maybe holding up a mirror to myself, maybe it was my fault because I am. Again, I'm always in my head about everything. I catch mistakes pretty quickly and I I don't want those mistakes to happen again. So after we, we were done playing the song, I would always interrupt saying, you, you played that wrong. Can we go over that? And I knew that they would get annoyed by that by quite a bit. And I said, well, this is how we kind of grow. I don't think that they were into that. Um, I find myself flourishing with my current band because they, they take that constructive criticism well. But so let me let me ask you this real quick mm -hmm. because obviously there's no rehearsals when doing podcasts in general. I'm assuming you don't apply the same method into the the Fubar show. Not and I haven't noticed that where it's like, oh wait, can we do this again? Because usually podcasts are just yeah. it is what it is kind of thing. But for rehearsal, you just you're just talking rehearsing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So you don't uh, let let it flourish into playing the whole song in its entirety and then going back to that set that specific part. When I was brand new, yeah, I'd do that. But when I got more comfortable, I'm just like, yeah, stop, stop, <laughs> stop. But that, that doesn't sound right. Let's, you know, and then, uh, yeah, they, I don't think they like that a whole lot. Um, so, <laughs> so there's that. I mean, I, I, I do, I can, I can, I know when I'm doing it, but sometimes it's just like, no, dude, just if you, if you don't say something, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to hate yourself tonight or you, you're not going to be able to sleep or I don't know. It's going to bug me because I've always been very neurotic that way. Um, uh, and and then expanding on what you said about the podcast, yeah, sure, it's uh, you know it's one take, but that doesn't mean that notes aren't being taken or that we're using it as game tape to then say, okay, well we did this here, and um, you know let's fix this for the next episode, kind of thing, you know. So we use it as game tape to get better and better and better, especially when I'm when I'm uh, editing the video portion, I have to re-listen to the audio anyway, and I catch little things. Say, like, hey man, you 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 said something wrong there. Actually, you know, you, in the next episode, you may want to say, "Hey, correction, this news article wasn't accurate," or you know, things like that. When you first started to do the podcast, mm. were you? I know you're you're very you can articulate well mm. nowadays. Nowadays, <laughs> when you first started, what? How did you approach that, knowing that maybe you weren't? are going to articulate as well as you wanted mm -hmm. to at that time. You have to kind of keep doing it and get better and yeah. whatnot. But at that specific time, where were you 
where was your starting point getting into podcasting? And obviously, this is way this is a, a little bit after the fall and electric started, correct? Um, yeah, not not too far after though. Around the same time, I would say. Well, the fall and electric was already ba- a band before I joined. Uh, but yeah, it, with with the era of me being in there, yeah, I was it was pretty close together actually. Yeah. So where was your starting point in terms of the podcasting and just find and then obviously you obviously are finding yourself every day, but I'm talking at mm. that point, where was your starting point? I guess it, um, again, like I was a huge fan of Adam Carolla and when he left, uh, when KLSX shut down and he didn't have a radio show anymore, he went to podcasting, which was my kind of introduction to podcasts. And then that's how I was just like, oh, he's not the only guy doing this. Is Rogan doing it? Everybody started kind of doing their podcast, but he was one. He was one of the OGs, and uh, because of the of the way he does it with that intro segment stuff like that, I was like, well, let me start emulating what I enjoy again, like Kevin and Bean and stuff like that. Uh, let me see where this goes, and if we have to change it, we'll change it. It's not set in stone. So far, it's worked out, and we've expanded on that, and it's it's a different. Not a fundamentally different show, but it is quite a bit different than it used to be. Um, so, I mean, that's that's where it was all coming from. It's just grabbing that influence. And um, again, you know, there was, um, I know Masterclass now is a big thing. But back then, mas- ma- the Masterclass you know, website, or uh, you've heard of the service, right? Masterclass, it was brand new. And there, was, there wasn't a lot of classes. And one of them was Adam Carolla had to start a podcast. So I subscribed to it. And that's how he kind of took direction on the fundamentals of equipment, um, how to speak with each other, um, listening to him and other comedians that are like him, Will Ferrell, other people who have gone to like um, uh, the Groundlings or, or Second City, people who end up at SNL and shit like that. They all follow the same fundamentals of improv which is like I said earlier, yes. And not only that, but is how you contribute to a conversation. If you stop somebody from talking or you negate what they just said, the the conversation comes to a screeching halt. And you know, where are you going to go from there? And if we're trying to do a podcast, it's over an hour long. That's not going to work out. When was the moment when you started to develop your ear, not your, not your Mm. mouth and and an articulation, but your ear, just to listen to people. I think that as an introvert and being as neurotic as I am, all I do is listen. I I think I listen first and speak after. And while I may interrupt somebody, it's because I'm trying to really get a rise out of them. But I mean, just naturally, I'm not as talkative as I seem to be right now. Um, I'm not. I'm just not. I think uh, it just I, I think that I've gotten pretty good at listening first and then reacting uh, a bunch of shits going on in my in my brain uh, while while all this is happening. But you know, I want to I want to maintain some level of, of 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 respect and that kind of thing. But also following those fundamental rules of improv. Um, and I, you know, I've I've only taken one improv class, but I took so much away from it, so much away from it. Uh, honestly, it was one one class one day. I didn't take a course, but I went to one day an improv class, and I, what I took away from that day was uh, was awesome. And, you know, I kind of wish I would have stuck by it. Um, maybe I'd be in a different position than I am now, but 
but just picking up those little little tools have, have helped me tremendously. Well, what did you pick up specifically? Give me at least one that that kind of changed well, your whole perspective. It was it was those fundamentals I mentioned. Um, I you know I didn't know that they all followed these rules. That you know if it, like yes and yes and is important. Yeah, or or if you're not going to necessarily agree with them, or you want to add to the sentence. Well, yeah, not only that, but finish the freaking sentence. You know what I mean? I so, see. So it's the, those are those are the main tools. And if you talk to anybody in improv and, and you even say yes and they're, they're going to know what you're talking about. They know exactly what you're talking about because that's kind of like even uh, it's even tongue to cheek even at this point. You know that they all they all follow those rules. Right. But at the same time, it's it's imperative that you have that, especially if you want to get into podcasting and and, and radio in general. It's just mm -hmm. nice to have those like I. I never had those fundamentals. I'm just winging. Yeah. I've winged it for mm. 10 years at this point. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just like talking to people mm. and getting their specific stories and, and, and in turn gaining experience has, has taught me a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. Obviously I would love to take the class and I probably will. Yeah. Right. And in the near future, but mm -hmm. right at this moment, I've had so much experience where I, I've learned to do, I've picked up on things along yeah. the way. Yeah. And then um, something else that I did for six months was Toastmasters that helped tremendously. You know, you, you got a guy in the back of the room saying, Hey, you said, um, like 30 times during that five minute speech, bro. Like just calling you out, calling you out on all your shit and all, your, all the things you did wrong that you, you can improve on. But it, you know, it's all, it's all in good fun. Everybody's, you know, doing it so that they can improve. And so it, all that stuff helps. Um, yeah, dude, it's, 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 it's been a, it's been a cool ride, but I don't know where we're at now. Well, well, we'll just <laughs> so, so where we're at now, let's, we'll get back to it. It was just, yeah, yeah. I like doing all these tangents and just learning right. a bunch of different things. Yeah. So where we were at now was um, obviously college, the college years and whatnot. <laughs> and you kind of being in more classic rock oriented bands and getting those specific fundamentals mm -hmm back into your repertoire yeah. and i'm just kind of curious um did that help you mentally speaking around this time period because i know you said you were frustrated just getting out of high school mm. and and being uh joining the rat race yeah joining the rat race <laughs> yeah. and but did that specific thing help you um and then obviously get to the the podcasting and and the fallen electric was I think that, so. Is that your stepping stone, I guess, is what I'm asking? Well, yeah, you know, and, and my, my experience with the hotline got me back into, you know, like, warming up back into the scene, into that music scene, and, and uh, collaborating with other musicians and meeting new people because we were part of, like, not lineups, you know, and, and, and uh, several other venues that, that were new to me. And so at a certain point, we played with this band that's still going on, 22 Salute, in um at the chain reaction uh we they, they they headlined and we opened up for them and their drummer at the time travis a uh, real cool guy he uh he says uh uh we we well we booked we booked other shows with them so that wasn't the only show we played but you know beyond that we played maybe two or three more shows and uh i you know i i became pretty friendly with travis and then he he started doing this thing where he was inviting other people so there's this bar slash restaurant in pomona called the metro oh, and yeah. and uh i think it was every wednesday evening at like 6 or 7 p.m he would invite 
other bands to join up at the Metro and we would talk shop. We would talk, you know, what are you guys doing for, where do you get your merch made? Where do you, where do you, uh, who do you, how do you hit up a venue to get booked there? Um, stuff like that, you know, almost like a seminar or something. Exactly. Like that. Exactly. And, um, you know, we dubbed it kind of tongue in cheek, the, uh, the league of incredible musicians or something like that, or extraordinary musicians. Uh, we called it the league. Uh, but anyway, I became because of that, I became friendly with uh, other bands that I that are still going on today, um, namely the Fallen Electric. I was not in that band yet. They were a three piece band and uh, Travis had left 22 Salute by then and he was their drummer now. And uh, towards the end of my time with the hotline. I was getting a little irritated with how things were happening in that band. Again, I still love those guys, but I'm like, it's not for me. I guess this, this dynamic is not for me. I should begin to look elsewhere because I don't want to stop playing music. I think I didn't, I don't ever remember saying this out loud, but Travis might've sensed something was happening. And so he invited me over pretty harmlessly. Just like, Hey man, just come over to one of our rehearsals. Montclair, uh, Jimmy, the guitarist of the, the the Fallen Electric, he uh, he had a he had a place there, and and we rehearsed in his garage. It was a real cool space, and uh, I joined him for a Saturday. I brought my 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 equipment, and it was it was probably the smoothest freaking rehearsal that I've ever like. It was serendipitous, man. Like uh, we we clicked like that. All the songs that they were doing because they were playing those three four hour shows a lot, mostly covers. Um, yeah, mostly I would say. Uh, I already knew them from my time back in the bar show, probably ten years before. So a lot of those covers because they they had they love the nineties. Jimmy and and Drew maybe not so much. He's significantly younger than us um but he appreciates the music so those are all the covers i was like dude i used to do all these songs back in the day um at that point i had i think i already ended my time with the hotline and i'm just like guys I, i'm i can do this full time like just do you do you need a second guitar because they were a three-piece band and they're just like you know what after rehearsing with you a couple of times i think it would add a lot to to the band um, you know, that way he's not doing lead vocal rhythm. You know, he has another guy kind of backing him up and I could do harmonies and I have a good ear for ear for it. Um, and drew the basses. He has a good ear for harmony. So I think it was, um, it all came together, man. Now, how did, did, uh, it change musically with you in it mm. compared to the three piece? Now it's the four piece. So musically speaking, how did the style change? I don't think it changed. I don't, I think that, uh, I, uh, I think I assimilated to what they were trying to accomplish and it, it wasn't hard because it's kind of what I, my goal was anyway. Again, it was, it was two piece in a pod kind of thing. Like we were just, we fit, you know, I wasn't put, I wasn't trying to put a, a circle in a square peg or anything. It was, we, we, we just kind of melted together. It worked out. Um, you know, and after a year or so, I, uh, Travis made his way out and uh, there was a revolving door of drummers. Uh, I don't know what your experience with drummers has been, but I, you know, I, I get, I get what they mean in Spinal Tap. You know, they don't, they don't stick around, bro. Like, <laughs> except ours didn't blow up, you know, every so often. Um, but I get it. Um, it's not easy keeping a, a good drummer, you know? Right. Right, and it's mm -hmm. bro. You have to almost. I always think of it as a relationship. I I always like the fact that 
with us, we were all friends before the band. So mm. it's just easier for us to talk to each other and communicate that way. Cause the communication I've felt in bands is, is usually the, the make or break. Like a lot of people mm. don't like to communicate within their own bands. So that yeah. creates friction and things start to tend to kind of, um, I don't know, you start to, you, you tend to push it down and right. then eventually it'll just blow up in front of your face. Mm -hmm. So communication's key. That's what I found. But with drummers, a lot of drummers are in multiple bands too. So, yeah, you know, yeah. there's that dynamic as well right. for you. When did you actually start to record with them and write with them as a, uh, as the second guitar player or, or do you know your role when it comes to just getting in there and just putting your, your, your take on their specific material? Yeah. You know, funny thing, uh, they, when I joined, they all were already pretty elbow deep into their, uh, their, their, their demo album. So I learned all of those songs. Like, I'm just like, I, I need to, I can't fuck this up. I, I can't like look stupid. Uh, I learned all of their songs in a weekend and I, I you know, I shut myself, like, it took me back to my high school days. I'm going to shut myself in this, in my garage and learn all these songs by ear. And, and I did, and I showed up and, and they, and they're just like, well, we're gonna, we're gonna put a bow on this recording. They, it was kind of like a friend of theirs. who was doing him a favor. It was, he was getting started and producing. So we were recording all that. And, uh, but they were recording it as a three piece band. And then when I came in, I was just like, well, I learned your songs and I learned some tangents or, or some harmonies that we can insert in here. You guys don't have to change a thing from what you've already recorded. I'm just check this out. Let me know what you think. And there was a few ideas. They're like, yeah, let's keep it all. Let's just add that guitar part to the existing track. And so I guess you can say that I, I did and I didn't help him write that first one because it was already written, but I did add my flavor to it, which didn't change the genre, didn't change the, the fundamental idea of what they were trying to accomplish. And if anything, I'd like to think that I enhanced it. Um, and now that because I was writing a, I was writing to a song, not helping him write a song from the ground up, I think now as a band, we, we, are, we are different. It's, it's more of a, there's, it's more melodic in harmonic even than it was before before they were i guess if you want to compare if you want to compare dinosaur jr with nirvana where or at least maybe post never mind nirvana where it's more melodic uh rather than it just being kind of like that that grungy for the sake of grungy <laughs> you know what i mean so uh i don't know it, it's, it's hard to it's hard to to put together a um uh, an example, but I hope I'm making myself clear with that. Right. Well, yeah. you absolutely are. And, and it's kind of cool. You're almost like a, a, a utility player. Yeah. You, you find the, the specific niche that, and you just fit in with it rather right. than go against the grain, especially. So that's probably why it's worked so well for you. Did you start to incorporate vocal? Do you incorporate vocals in this specific project or are you yeah. just, okay. Yeah. So I did bring some harmonies into it too, or some new ideas where I said, what if I, I, I don't need to do that harmony, but if you did it this way kind of thing, you know, because it wasn't done yet, we could have retract and we did. Uh, but I brought some ideas in there and, and they, they were very open-minded to what I had to bring. And I think not only that, but, um, one of the things that bugs me is chaos. Um, 
lack of communication it's kind of like what you were talking about if you don't communicate you're not going to flourish it think things just gonna things are gonna hit the fan nobody's gonna be happy there's gonna be arguments so you know I, i'd like to think that i brought a lot of um uh, organization <laughs> too uh and and i i guess i could I could say I got that from joining that rat race for those few years where I was very, you know, heads down worker in a corporate kind of environment kind of thing. But just having all, I've always had a discipline about everything from the ground up ever since I was a small child. Um, but when, when I joined them, I said, well, guys, let's, let's maintain a calendar. Let's have a freaking whiteboard. Let's write down some ideas. Everything was just off the cuff kind of thing. Nobody remembered what, they talked about or what kind of ideas they brought to the table in one particular rehearsal uh i would encourage them to just get your phone out press record on the on the voice memo and let's you know we can use it for a later time um so it just kind of li- it's the little things even that, that that really would help us out and uh, i don't want to say that we we're a different band from when we were when i joined them but it, it's significantly more enhanced than it was and with our new producers that we have that are like six minutes from this from this place <laughs> um, that they have been uh, our North star in the last couple of years, as far as how to even like promote and, and get around to network and, and, and just deal with it and just deal with the whole industry. Have you found uh, with just you even doing the podcast, it's helped your connections and applying those connections to that said to the fallen electric in general oh yeah okay yeah absolutely and that you know what now that i think about it that's a that's another reason why i wanted to do the podcast i did want to reach out to other musicians other podcasts just to network um you know i'll, I'll say you know even selfishly you know just to see what, what can i get out of this well you know what kind of knowledge or can i can i gain from speaking with this person who i would have otherwise not spoken to um it doesn't necessarily seem like such a cold call you know when i'm a podcast they they want to promote something i have the you know the avenue i have the avenue yeah yeah. and so it's it's easier it's not so much of a uh um me showing up you know i'm i'm not trying to sell you bibles at your at your front door kind of thing you know where you can just shoo me away so it's yeah, it, it it does make it a lot easier. Do you tend to like focus in on the relationship more than what you can get out of this? Because I've always, as a fellow pod or journalist <laughs> myself, yeah, I've always wanted. I it doesn't matter about the 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 what I can get from this person. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather just be at least friends with them and and have yeah. that sort of connection. Mm-hmm. And then down the line, say you know if if he or she needs something. They, reaches out to myself right. i'll help out or if i need something i'll reach out and most of the time they'll help out right yeah. do you, did you start did you want to lock on to more just developing more friendships out of this rather than the can like yeah i i always thought that that was the foundation and then you know down the line if they had something to share that i can use of course you know um let's 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 talk but did you also know that if there's something that you have, then and that person can use it, then sure as well. So it's obviously that give and take. Did, of course, okay. yeah. And and you know, like, like I said earlier, I, I have no problem sharing. You know, like what I did with you, just just to make it better. Because, I mean, what 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 am I going to gain from not you know helping somebody out? If anything, you know, you're going to gain a friend or, or or somebody who can who you can trust le- at a later time. And it's it's not even... It, uh, another faction to this too is, is it, it applies to all genres. It's mm-hmm. just like a, a human connection rather than right. the this genre-specific connections, right? Mm-hmm. You, you play in a more, I would say, 
rock oriented style band, right? Yeah. I'm in an, in an extreme metal band, mm-hmm. but yet here we are talking right. and, 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 uh, obviously we're friends. So, but I'm saying that's the most important aspect mm-hmm. to what we do yeah. is the, the, these kind of relationships Yeah, totally. because you never know, you know, there are a- avenues in the, in the, the rock or indie world that, you know, do apply to the, the heavy metal kind of, kind of world, mm-hmm. right? It's all connected. You see the same people everywhere. Yeah. It's so small. You're, you're seeing and, and our scene one and the same. We're all connected. Yeah. So despite how heavy you play or how light you play, if you play rock music, chances are you know the same people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I, uh, I discovered pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, you just like, oh, he's, he's, he's there. He's there. He's there. You know, so let, let me go up to him and tell him, hey, man, I've seen you at quite a few venues or shows. Let me introduce myself. You know, what, what are you doing here? What do you, you know, what's, what's up? <laughs> so, you just kind of build a connection. Yeah. And it almost hurts if you don't help that said person because everybody knows about it. Right. That's how small oh, the community totally. yeah, is. Yeah. People right? talk yeah. for sure. There's uh, everybody has a reputation and you know, there's, there's a few people who have, have done me dirty or my band and you know, we remember <laughs> and we know not to do that again or, and we approach. know, we know to um, inform others mm-hmm. to not, but tread lightly that, at least if you're going to go for it you know correct um, yeah. where are you guys in terms of of recording and whatnot i i you said you did the demo with them but did you do a, an album immediately after joining um this this project with the de- so you do the demo first did you do an album have you done a record with a full-length record with them no and you know what man i i don't know that we will i think that it's uh we're we're in a unique position these days where a lot of people are gravitating more towards sadly towards singles rather than full-length albums i love throwing on an album people criticize me at least if they share a car ride with me um if i'm putting on something on the radio we're listening to the whole goddamn album you know it's it's an experience people don't really kind of have that in them anymore and even then have you ever been a passenger in a car where like somebody puts on a song midway through it changes it to another one midway through it changes to another like that's so annoying to me i'd rather just leave it on just leave it alone listen to the album experience it because that's you know if somebody's putting out an album they want you to listen to it from they don't want you to shuffle it they don't want you to you know listen to the freaking artwork that they put out see i like investing my time into that one specific thing it's like uh, a movie imagine mm. changing a movie halfway through yeah and getting really into it changing it exactly changing it it's a, it's the same concept it's all mm-hmm. art so it's obviously one and the same but right. that's what i equivalent it to mm-hmm. if you're going to watch a tv show or a movie you got to watch the whole thing right got to get that experience from that mm-hmm. so with an album i i apply that same thing it's like that's why when I bought my car, I'm like, I have to have a CD player. There's no way I'm not doing this digital bullshit. I'm old school. I have my CDs. I like yeah. my CDs. Physical media, I like, I like that. So put it on. Uh, if I want to jam a specific said record and get into that band's music, that's what I want to do. Right. And especially with being a journalist, such as ourselves, it's nice to have that new CD where you're going to interview them and whatnot and learn about the CD. Like mm-hmm. you know, I'm almost forced to listen to it in my car. Right. 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 There's so many other distractions everywhere else. And and you know something that being interviewed by by you know other radio shows or, or or podcast hosts one thing that I rarely get which would be nice to hear every now and then if we're talking about an album is song placements 
in that album there's a specific reason why the artist put that song there in you know in that particular order or if it's some kind of progressive album you know one may spill into the next or you know that kind of thing so you know and and i think it's just because of the times we're more of a single driven culture now rather than an album driven culture and i think not 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 because we want to i just think that that's how our music will be more easily digested by the people who we know enjoy us and um but that doesn't mean we won't put together an album what 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 i think what i'm saying is that we'll we'll release singles and after we get a dozen or so we'll maybe record a couple other ones that aren't released and then put package them into an album but again with it i always think from a marketing perspective mm. i would much rather just market an album rather than single after single after single after yep. from a marketing standpoint i would i would just want to put my eggs into that basket mm. and move on from there rather mm. than having to go back after all putting out all these fucking singles putting it on a record and then putting out a, an album after that even yep. though that's the same old material that's been put out previously I've I've always joked with the guys. I said, "Well, with all these singles, you know, we'll, we won't have a choice but just to put together a best of and that call it an album, you know, or a volume one, volume two. I mean, every every album we can just, you know, um, to just to be funny, we'll just call it the best of so far, kind of thing, <laughs> because that's what it is. Exactly. You know, it, but there's also uh, I've had this same conversation with other musicians, and they they agreed with me on this is it, it, people look down on on bands who like don't put out albums mm -hmm. especially in in the heavy metal world yeah i've I always that. i've always felt like we're so um passionate mm -hmm. with our bands mm -hmm. and the album is what counts not mm -hmm. the ep or the singles they they kind of get overlooked i don't know how it is in the rock and pop world maybe you can it's, in, it's in the other way around okay. yeah and that's why we kind of are doing what we're doing if it were up to me we'd write albums i'm, I'm right there with you because i i do believe that that's a better listening experience but the audience that we're attracting doesn't doesn't foster that belief so um doesn't mean like again doesn't mean we won't write an album uh, i just think that for people to start paying attention we need to just tailor our, our efforts to that do you think that music videos play more of a part the visual aspect plays more of a part though than the audio because to me that's where it's at these days yeah, yeah. especially these days music video over just releasing a single with a piece of art yeah gotta take the video yeah yeah it's yeah I, I you know it's ever since we've had music videos it's that's been kind of the way to go you can't you can't not um it's so just, maybe that's how you do it. You release the single as a music video rather than just releasing it as a single. That's just an audio. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's a better marketing strategy. Could be. Because music videos, they're, again, that's people look at that as like, oh, this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what's cool about these days is it doesn't have to be a high production video either. <laughs> I mean, you got people on TikTok getting famous off some shit. You know, like it, like literal, like grainy shit. And like, um, it doesn't have to be so fancy these days, which is awesome. I, I, I like that we everybody's just kind of come back down to earth with that kind of thing. It doesn't have to be anything so extravagant. Well, for our music video, it literally costed us like five hundred bucks or yeah, yeah. five six hundred bucks. We literally just did it in in the woods near here, and mm. that's the music video. Nice. And then then the 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 lot the 
live shots are done we're done at the riff house so it was like we just rented that place out for a day and that's it our most recent music video for our song move to the sound uh i just i told my drummer uh, uh charles i'm like hey, bro just just bring your gopro bring your gopro and we'll, we'll trust me and, and i brought a light and we, we fucking just did it we, we we filmed ourselves going around we pumped the song through the speaker so that we all played in in time with it and that was and then i I edited it on the same app that I used to edit the podcast video. Like it was in a, it was not a big deal and it still came out in 4k. So like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> we don't have to get so fancy with it. Um, I mean, if we wanted to get e like fancier with like a storyline behind the video, sure. Okay. We'll, we'll burn some calories there in the next one, but it doesn't have to be so fancy these days. No, it doesn't have to be extravagant mm -hmm. either. The concept of the video doesn't really have to be that extravagant. Yeah. It can be a simple thing and just, branch off of mm -hmm. that simple thing for yeah. four three five minutes whatever however long the song is right. so okay so you guys are releasing singles as as of this moment right i know mm -hmm. you're recording and whatnot with the fawn electric now how are, are you going to i guess market this said single and how do you or how do you want to portray it this time around compared to the last couple that you've done um i think this is probably our most pop sounding uh song the one that we're currently recording we're going to add the drums tomorrow as we record this and uh you know this this one has to have a music video we've already discussed pretty much what you've been saying is is the conversation that's been happening at rehearsals is um the, the strategy um building relationships with radio stations internet and 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 uh terrestrial and terrestrial uh throughout the world we, we've already built some relationships in the uk and mexico canada australia uh so it, you know it's just a, and, and they're they're poised to hear about when we're about to release something so you know those things are very important for us um you know we we can't thank them enough because you know uh they're the ones they're they're the vehicle who who put it out there and and get people to to listen so um it's it's been very grassroots so far and i think if uh with the uh, with the money that we've been generating from playing these cover shows and i i you know i mentioned it earlier we play four hour shows at these bars and venues and you know it's like i think lately it's been 50 50 we can do two hours of original music no problem but you know if you want asses and seats and you know dancing along and singing along to shit that's familiar to them you gotta you gotta enter some covers so it's half and half right now and uh it's a lot of that 90s stuff early 2000s stuff that people would sing along to but um uh, we, i think we're gonna we're gonna dedicate our efforts to, to throwing some money at, at some promotion for sure because uh, i think that's the only way to get off the ground sometimes especially these days yeah you you, uh, you almost have to you almost have to hire a pr company mm -hmm. or whatever that you right. know that's yeah. the way to go right? right so let's go to um like what you're kind of doing now with the with the fallen electric and and the foobar show mm. respectfully and and how you kind of balance scheduling and and how often does the foobar show actually air um there's a new episode every monday so there, there's that. Uh, and we can either record Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, depending on when I don't have a show that week. Uh, the Fall and Electric is, is rather busy, uh, especially in 2021. We were playing maybe twice a week. Um, and uh, I mean, I would love to play more than that, but that's what we were doing. And, uh, you know, these days, 
it's it's just been uh, I think we're, we've been normally recording on Sundays for the most part because I'll have a show Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. So that's you know that's kind of and if and if we I end up having a show on Sunday, then we'll just record you know one of those other days. So it's not it's not too big of a deal, especially now these days with everything being as digital as it is and the flexibility that we've gotten with those apps like Zoom or, or things like that, where we can go remote and the quality of the audio isn't so compromised by doing so as long as I, you know, I provided them with the equipment to be able to sound like, so that it doesn't sound like crap. So it doesn't sound like, uh, like all the mids are up and somebody's on the phone, you know? So there, there's that. So we, we've kind of learned from that when we first started doing the remote thing, it sucked. It just, there was a delay. There was, that was old thing, but we, we managed. And, uh, I think we can, uh, in this most recent episode that we that we put out, Josh was remote, and you know if you're just listening to it on audio, and if we didn't mention it in the podcast, you probably wouldn't have known that he was remote. He was, I think, it sounded okay considering. But um, but yeah, to answer your question, it's it's kind of how we fix our schedules around just so to make it work. They, they we're flexible. Now, lastly, I want to thank you for coming on and hanging with me for for a few. I really yeah, do dude. appreciate your time and and going through your your said journey and whatnot. Yeah, it's fun. Um. Where can people find a the Fubar show and the Fallen Electric, and kind of keeping up to date with what you guys are are doing? Well, you can type those names into any social media, and they have their own respective dot coms as well. The Fallen Electric dot com, Fubar show. That's F double O Bar Show dot com. Are um, and if if you have a favorite podcast app that you use, we're likely on it. Um, I've, I've spread around that RSS link to all the major platforms and all the non-major platforms. So you can find us rather easily, even those crawler ones that just grab it without giving you any credit. I don't care if you listen to us and you enjoy it, go for it. I, I do. Uh, and like I said, I, I edit the, uh, the video component and, and put it up on, on, uh, on Instagram. So you can watch practically the entire episode the only part that you can't watch on instagram and youtube is the music highlights because of copyright purposes <laughs> they'll they'll block you you know they'll take you down so if you want to listen to that just you know open it up on our website uh you know there's the the player there or you can just uh s- subscribe to your uh, your favorite podcast app as far as uh the fall on electric you can find us uh on any major platform as well um It'd be yeah. I mean, if you if you type us in practically anywhere, it'd be. Uh, and if we're, if we're not on there, let me know. I'll put us on there. That's not a big deal, dude. Like we'll 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 make it happen in a couple of weeks. Now, lastly, too, and you break up the the Fubar show in segments, so mm. if people don't like certain things, like oh, yeah. you're talking about the weather. Chances are, <laughs> you know, unless you're into the weather, you right. might not want to listen to that mm. or sports <clears throat> or or right. Um, um, music highlights, whatever it is. So mm-hmm. I know you break it up into segments and whatnot. So everybody, go make sure to go check out Joe C. No, not the guy from Kid Rock, but right. Joe C. Yeah, R.I.P. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Fucking a. Uh, and, and the boys over at the Fubar Show, and of course, Fawn, the Fawn Electric. But Joe, thank you very much, yeah, seriously, man. for coming you, on and, yeah. and hanging. Hopefully, we can do this again sometime. Hey, you need to be on my show next, coming soon. So yeah, we'll we'll look forward to that. I'm we'll looking, schedule that. In. Looking forward to it. Right. But another episode of Poppers Corner, guys. We're out of here. Cheers. <laughs>